You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bibles today in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5. I want to speak to you on this subject today, the promises of God. You know, sometimes we quote the promise of God, but oftentimes we forget to quote the promises of God. Colonel Harder's over there. Susie, you were in my class years ago. I remember you were the first one to respond. I was teaching a seasoned class of Christians. I was preaching on, speaking on this subject of the promises of God. I don't have the notes. I don't know what it was. But I recall saying, we say, standing on the promises of Christ my King through eternal ages. Let us, but do we know the promises? And you were the first one. I'll never forget it. Gave me a promise. Many of us struggled. Many struggled that, you know, in other words, we're not claiming the promises of God. I wish I had time because I think collectively we could have hundreds of promises of God. Think of Jeremiah 33, cast, uh, where the scripture says, call unto me. And here's the promise. I'll show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Uh, here's a promise. Humble yourself. We read it today, Pastor. Uh, read it today. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Here's the promise. He will exalt you in due season, due time. Here's the promise, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, here it is, this is a promise, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have, say it like Baptist, say have what? Everlasting life. That's a, that's a promise from the word of God. God says he'll bless us. Here's a promise, Revelation 1, 3. If you read the Bible, he said, I'll bless you. If you keep the Bible, I'll bless you. If you obey the Bible, I'll bless you. If you hear the Bible read, I'll bless you. That's a pretty good deal. Every, we, we sing in Sunday school, I was a boy growing up over here. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. All the blessings of his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. They're all there. I've, I've had gone through so many Bibles. I've given so many away. But, but I, I, I think my next Bible, I'm going to start putting a letter P. I say this all the time, for promise. When I was a boy, a teenager at camp, our pastor's wife and her pastor gave us a notebook. I still have them. From 1965 and 66 and 67, those camp books. And, and they taught us how to read the Bible six or seven or eight verses a day in your Bible time. And try to find out. They said, look in that passage. Is there a thanksgiving? Maybe, may not. Is there a thanksgiving? Is there a command? Is there a sin? Is there a personal truth? Is there something? But they always had this. Is there a promise? There's a promise. And I could go through so many more. And you could as well. There's a promise that we read here today. I want you to read it with me in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 5. I claim this so often. You know, as you turn there in chapter 5, draw nigh to God. Here's the promise. He'll draw nigh to you. If, if there's, a, uh, you need wisdom, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Then give it to all men. There's the promise. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He is a rewarder of them that deal. That's a promise. How about this promise? Let's read it together. Chapter 5, 
verse 7. Ready, begin. Casting. Ladies, could you read that? Ready, begin. Casting. I love to hear ladies read. That's wonderful. Men, will you read it, please? Casting. Let's all read it together one more time. Ready? What, what is to cast? It, it likes, it's just like the fishermen. When, when you fish, you cast. It's to throw. And so God says, I want you to throw it over on me. Many of you are parents. If you can carry the load of your child, some of the load they have, you're delighted to carry it. We allow sometimes our children to carry a load within reason, not to weight them down or to cumber them down, but it's a good thing. It's a learning process to learn how to get along with that. We don't go solve every kindergarten problem in school as parents. Because you love your kids, you let them spend some time and figure out how to get along with one another instead of having mom or dad get along all the time. Oh, but when your child is in danger or there's a wound or there's a need, I tell you what, the joy of trying to meet that need. We have 14 grandkids. We try to put our ear to the ground. If they have a need, I want to meet that need. My wife wants to meet that need. We want to do, we want to do what we can. They throw it on us. We want it. I have to watch it in this church. I have to be very so careful because if I say something, I really like that. One of these days I'm going to buy that. You'll go buy it. And I don't ever want to make merchandise of God's people. But I have to guard it. I would like a 65 Corvette. I just like one. It'd probably cost you $100,000, but you know, this is a rich church. <laughs> it's not a rich church. And I don't want one. Where would, where would I put it? So don't anybody, oh, maybe we could, we're not getting that Corvette. You imagine trying to get in that thing? No, no. Oh, I, no, no. No. Can you imagine getting in the gym? Working yes. out, yes. yes. Can, can you imagine going to, to lunch today? Yes. Yeah, Amen. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> this is a promise. Here's a promise, casting. Throw all your care upon him. Why? Here's the promise. Say it together. For he cares for you. There's a man, you know his name, he's, his wife just recently passed away, Brother Frank Garlock. Brother Garlock was here in the 70s and the early, I looked up my journals this morning again, I saw his name there, 1980. And I'll never forget, he was with us and he said, I, I wrote a song. And I've heard him say it publicly and his son has said it publicly. I know they, I could say it publicly. He had a daughter and she married what is called Patch the Pirate, Ron Hamilton. And Ron, I remember when he had cancer and he was here and he goes, I, I, I'm going to have surgery soon and if my eye is missing, it was cancerous. And they removed his eye, he became Patch the Pirate for boys and girls and created such great music. Well, his wife, Ron Hamilton's wife, had a, had a brother and that brother was the son of Frank Garlock. And you know, that son was a good kid, but he got off sidetracked away from God. His dad gave the testimony in the old building over there. I'll never forget it. And he said, I love my son so much. 
I've tried to be everything we could for our boy. He was being very transparent with our church that night. He says, we tried, mother and dad, we tried, and we love him, and he loves us, but he's chosen a different route right now. And he said, I wrote this little song we have in our songbook. He said, it goes like this. He cares for you. He cares for you. He ever loves and cares for you. He'll do what no one else can do. For Jesus cares for you. And by the way, in time, that boy came back to God as an adult. I wonder what is such weighty situation in your life today. There's hardly a week goes by that somebody says to me, I'm going to see the doctor. They think it's cancer. They believe it's cancer, Pastor. I think of the great needs that I have by my husband, my wife, our children. That's the big one nowadays. You, you young people from North Carolina that are here, God forbid, our own kids, that you ever break your parents' heart. But we live in that environment. Just hurt, hurt, hurt our parents. Who cares? The old man, the old lady. God help you to even think that. God help you and whoever here to, to turn to drugs and to drink and all that we're turning to in our churches. Who cares if I hurt my mother? She hurt me. Who cares if I hurt my dad? Who cares if I hurt God? Who cares if I hurt my church? In this auditorium, people that are listening in every country of the world right now, in every state right now, we've got people that have drugged themselves to church today because they're so broken hearted over a son or a daughter that's a wayward child. Away from God. In this very room, we've had people that said, uh, 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 you're not here, but people have told you, uh, you're the grandmother, you're the grandfather, I don't want you ever talking to my grandkids. It's not because the grandparents are sinners, are wicked, they're godly, and it's more than one occasion in here right now. Why would you hold your children hostage from their grandparents? There's something wrong with you. Some narcissism that you got going on. You've got to control every situation. Why do you have to be so controlling? Because you're weak in yourself. God says, I want you to cast all your care, you that are struggling financially, you that are looking right now in this room looking for jobs, you that have lost your care, you that lost your jobs because you won't take a vaccine and your company said, I know you've got 30 years with us, but you're gone. Happened again just recently. Your career is gone because government told you you're going to do something that you don't want to do. Casting all your care upon him. Amen. Throw it all on him. Throw your worries, your fears, your trials, your sorrow, your heartache, your disappointment, your failed marriage, your health, your children, your job. Throw it all on him. Amen. For he careth for you. I literally as a boy, I grew up just maybe 15 minutes from here. 
Our city is now 350,000, but I remember it was 2,500 people, all farmland. I can remember in kindergarten, I don't remember the lesson or the day, but Mrs. Daniels taught us this. In kindergarten, we didn't have, our, our auditorium was a, a building they had built. We started in a barn and then went to this little building, but it had no electricity. We had lanterns. I know the night 65 years ago I got saved. I'll never forget it. But because we didn't have Sunday school rooms, we went down the street to Scammon Court in the Irvington District. And on Scammon Court, there was many people there, maybe 10 houses, 12 houses. On that court, many, many people that attended our church and that opened the garage door. And kindergarten was in my pastor's garage. He had bicycles in there. He had fishing poles. In there. He had every, you know, nowadays you try to make it nice. It just was all, he's listening from heaven right now. And I went in there, Mrs. Daniels would wear the same beautiful black dress every week. She was such a pretty lady. Her husband was a CHP cop, Highway Patrol, California. I was in love with her. I tell you, she was so beautiful. She was so sweet. And she was my kindergarten teacher. I, I remember this verse. I don't remember the setting. I don't remember uh, as far as the singing of it. But casting all your care upon him. Some of you think the older you get, it, it, it's easier. It doesn't get easier. Life gets harder. You bring more people into your life the older you get. You bring more sorrows into your life. The older you get. Uh, uh, you don't believe that? Ask Tom Malone how the last days of pastoring in Pontiac, Michigan were. Ask Lee Robertson how the last days in Chattanooga, Tennessee with 12,000 people. Ask him how it was. You go through the preachers. Ask him how it was the last days, the hard days. It gets hard. It doesn't get easier in life. But I tell you what gets sweeter is that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't sleep at night. You walk. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And you'll get to meet God through the night hour. And you'll toss and turn. Yes, why? Worry and fret and fear. Say, you shouldn't have it. I know you should, but we're all human. And you worry and you fret and you stew. And you walk with God. And God, so many times in the midnight hour, they give you a peace that passeth all understanding. You get old enough, you live long enough. I've buried so many people in this church that I love so dearly. I was praying the other day and I was thinking about, here, here's a two-day-old child out here in the cemetery and here is a, a, a two-month-old a two child that died on Christmas Day out in the cemetery and here's a 15-year-old boy out in that cemetery and here's a 19-year-old boy and here is, and it goes on and on and on, the people you've laid to rest. By the way, 58 of my relatives have passed away. Life's not easy. It's not for sissies. But oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful life when you know that you can cast everything upon him. In 1977, the vote was in 78, this county voted by almost 75%. It was a little over 75, if I remember. Proposition 6, we said, we don't want sodomy to be accepted in the Silicon Valley. We weren't the Silicon Valley then. We don't want that here. Go back and look. Proposition 6, 1978. 
We voted it down here. We didn't want that. I said, I remember. I said, there's coming a day. There's coming a day when we'll want that lifestyle. We got married. You could not take the life of a child, but now we have 60 million that died, and now our governor and our, 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 our uh, assembly have voted. At first, it was seven days after birth. Now they got up to over 20 days. You still have to decide if you like that kid or not, and you can take the life. But you push it for 50 years now almost and say, death, death, death. We're wondering, hey, Mr. Biden comes out. We've got to legislate guns. You don't tell a nation for 50 years, go ahead and kill babies, and then they won't kill one another on the streets. That's just, that's just common sense. We devalue life. Hey, I'll tell you what, in all the sorrows of life, what do you do? Cast your care upon him, for he careth for you. I don't know what it is, but my job's to do the casting. His job is to do caring. Spurgeon preached the message in this text. I didn't read it, but I did know this. I saw that the cure for care, I like that. The cure for care is to cast it all upon him. I do know, and Spurgeon told this story so many years ago. And he said this about casting all your care upon him. He said uh, Queen Elizabeth I was needing to take some care of some business and someone was going to have to get on an ocean liner and go to another country. And the most successful businessman in town was called and that merchant was brought into her and she said, I need you to go on an errand for me. And, and I, I know you think it might affect your business, but I need you to take care of this errand across the sea. And he said, Queen, I want to do it, but here's my problem. He said, if, if I go on this journey, my business will go bankrupt. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. And she said, you worry about my business. And sir, I'll take care of your business. And he went, made a tremendous business deal, and he came back thinking that his business had collapsed. And it quadrupled in size and sales. The queen was saying, you cast your burden upon me. I'll take care of it. Yes. Amen. You know, there's a church in Dallas. And pastor one, that one pastor was already, a church had been around for a long But Dr. Truett stayed there for 47 years. The next one was Dr. Criswell. He stayed over 50 years. That's almost 100 years between those two men pastoring. Dr. Truett, though a mighty man of God, and books have been written about his great preaching, uh, 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 Criswell came and he was a young pastor and he said, tell me, Mrs. Truett, about Dr. Truett. Such a powerful, strong man of God. Such a great man of faith. Great man of courage. How, how can I follow in his footsteps? And she said, he was everything you said. He was a great man, a great man of courage, great man of faith. He was a great man of, of the word of God. But she said, you know, my husband, Dr. Truett, 
was given to moments of despondency, despair, fears. And she said he never told the church, and he didn't really tell me about it. I could just tell. I could just see it. He said, what gave him the victory over that despondency? And she said, 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him. I look at this great auditorium up in the second balcony up there in the first balcony. I, lower floor, I, I love you side balcony. I love you people more than you'll ever know. And yes, one day I'll get old and die, and I don't want that. I, I hope the next man loves you like I've loved you. I told my Sunday school class, and I don't know if he's ever really heard me preach on a Sunday morning, Brother Jim Carey's over at the other property preaching this hour. Junior church, he's done it for 45 years. He joined my staff October the 1st, and I don't know if he's taken a vacation in 10 years. His wife hasn't been to church with him for so long. She's probably watching right now. Her health is so bad. But he said, Pastor, I think we have a generation of young people. And he said, sometimes I wonder, even in our staff, and we have the very best staff. They do their job. Somehow in these days, you've got to train how to love these people. We can serve, we can do, but we've got to love. And God loves you. And he said, whatever your problem is, cast it on me. Throw it on me. I'll take it because I care for you. Our heads are bowed today and I see the time is up. I'll stop right there. I'm not done, but I'll stop. Our Father... I do love these people so much. They're, they're such a blessing. And when they weep, I weep. When they have sorrow, I have sorrow. Mine is so minute compared to, Lord, your great love for them. Thank you that we can claim the promises of God. I pray for those this day that are in this auditorium, those that listen that are without Christ, that this may be the day of their salvation that they might realize that without Christ they'll die and go to eternity in hell. I pray that many would come and trust Christ today, not trust a pastor or a church, but trust a Savior who died for our sin and was buried and rose again and conquered death. I thank you that we serve a risen Savior, save the lost today. And then I know of, I, I would imagine I know of hundreds of needs in this room. And the only hope I can give them is to cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Thank you that Brother Garlock was so honest in giving us his heart that day. I believe it was a Sunday night he told us that story. In the late 70s, maybe 1980. When his heart was so broken, he cares for you. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.